Hi, welcome to another episode of Film Feuds. I'm your host, Seizure Kaiser. You can follow me on Twitter at IamSeizure. You can follow the Film Feuds podcast at Film Feud Podcast. We're also on Facebook now, facebook.com forward slash Film Feuds, or type in Film Feuds Podcast, it should show up. And we're also on iTunes, so if you like the show, please give us a good rating. It doesn't cost you anything, it doesn't take too much of your time either, so please go ahead and do that. This episode, we've got a great lineup for you. We have feminist and comedian Kirsty Mack, we have the loudest guy in comedy I know, Simon Bosco, and we have adult star Lucy B on the podcast as well. And we are discussing most badass female lead. So this is going to be a very fun and exciting episode. Let's hit the music and let's start it off. Be nice and neat. I didn't build the Panama Canal. Open the front bay doors, please. Now. These aren't the droids you're looking for. These aren't the droids we're looking for. I am not a number. I am a free man. Welcome to Film Feuds. Uh, this is Seija Kaiser. I'm your host. You can follow me on Twitter at I am Seija, or you can follow the Film Feud podcast at Film Feud Podcast. Very simple there. Uh, we've got a great episode for you today. If you don't know what this show is about, let me explain. We pick a topic, whatever the topic could be. Could be best Afro in the 70s in any movie or funniest comedy starring Al Pacino, which I can only think of two. But uh, we have a few guests that come on the panel. Each one picks a favorite movie of theirs that fits within that topic. And then they argue over questions that I've come up with that they don't know. So if you haven't seen any of the movies we are about to talk about, I recommend find out what they are, stop listening to the podcast, go watch them, and then come back and listen to this because it is spoiler-filled, So waste seven hours so you can waste another hour. Basically do a working shift worth of wasting Well, I make people work on this podcast, Mm. Um, (laughs) even the guests. It pays dividends, so it's all worth it. And we'll start off with our first guest, Simon Bosco. Sure, why not start with me? find him on Twitter at SimonBosco1. Now, today's topic is most badass female lead. Yes, so of course you you would get a male in to discuss this. Uh, I picked uh, Gina Davis, who is uh, both Charlie and Samantha in the movie. The Long Kiss Goodnight. Ah, nice one. Yes, sir, Bob. Yes. And why'd you pick that one? Um, I picked it because it was a fond teenage memory. I feel like I've said all this before once. Um, it's a fun teenage memory, and I just I admired her as as an archetypal action hero, woman, femme fatale, whatever have you. So I just wanted to. As soon as I heard about this, I'm like, bang, that's the choice. There was really no other choice for me. It had to be had to be Gina Davis. Who doesn't like Gina Davis? Mm, Who doesn't? And that other boy from the podcast. Voices on the podcast will go to one of them right now, and that's Kirsty Mack. You can find her on Twitter at MacKirsty's M A C K I R S T Y S. www.kirstymack.com. There you go. <laughs> and which movie did you pick? I picked Terminator One, um, and I picked it because of Sarah Connor, of course. Uh, mostly I picked it because um, I also have great arm definition and uh, growing up everyone always said to me when I was wearing singlets, I'm looking for Sarah Connor. Uh, how, how many times did you punch people in the face for that? Oh, look, I don't punch people. I just give them a, a nuggy, you know what I mean? Just put them in a headlock and give them a little squeeze on the head. But, uh, yes, I, I picked Sarah Connor because she's rad. Nice. Mm. And the other voice you heard on the podcast was Lucy B at Lucy B Triple X on Twitter. L-U-C-I-E-B-E-E Triple X. How are you doing? Good. And I, which movie did you pick? I picked Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, the foreign version, so the original um, mm. version, not the interesting American remake. And why would you pick that one? Um, because I, I like a badass female heroine who isn't afraid to get involved in a little bit of violence, but for the most part uses her brain. 
Nice choice. Yeah, thanks for picking that long movie with the subtitles. It was no, great. Any, <laughs> any, any Wonderful. Any I learned a lot about Sweden. Yes. And uh, men with horrible facial structures. Bring, bring, bring a bit of a Which I brought up aspect. earlier. I just don't know. if that's, Is that a thing? Does anyone else notice that about the horrible? Did you Have you noticed that in European movies, how men have really shitty, like, old leathery boot faces with <laughs> holes in it and just bad to look at. Well, just like, like who? A very Gerard Depardieu, the okay. guy who was the lead in this. Uh, Jean Reno, I'm pretty sure, has got a few yeah. a few gullies in the cheek, well, if you a, will. You, you, um, know, you know, it's, that it's, it's probably more likely because in Hollywood they probably wouldn't get on film because all their faces see, it's, it's would be... It's a thing uh, that we should admire, I yeah. agree. I was just trying to rail against men so I can show how pro-woman I am. Oh. From the get-go, get the listeners involved yeah. on my side. Yeah, like I said, it's really just all about getting four more Twitter followers, I think, this podcast Yeah, is. right. What's yeah. with men's faces, everyone? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Just, um, just, just stop, stop trying. I will, <laughs> I'm not trying. This all right. is just the sad ramblings and falling out of ideas. Anyway. So we're about to start. So we've got eight questions here and uh, we're ready to start off. These questions, the guests do not know what the questions are. They have to argue the points to see who makes the most convincing argument to get a point. They can get multiple points within each question by making someone else from the other team agree with them. Okay, you guys ready? Sure. All right, we'll start with Kirsty on this one. I agreed. All right, so uh, which movie has greater adversary? So make an argument for your movie. Um, well, I think that my movie is the best. Clearly, that's why I picked it. Uh, because Sarah Connor is not aware of what's about to happen to her and, and, and turns it, and she turns into a, just a total badass. She has to make decisions really quickly about who she's going to trust and how she's going to stay alive. She makes them... Look, she roots the guy, gets pregnant, you know, Terminator 2. Mm-hmm. But uh, back to the question. Yeah. Which <laughs> <laughs> Four lines I win. That is it. Which, which is, is why, try to make an argument of why your adversary to Sarah Connor is robot. the greatest. Oh, you got a right. good argument. Yeah. Uh, right. Um, well, look, she um, she's badass. She's badass as hell. The film was made in 1986. Uh, which would have been one of the first 1984. I think so. 1984. Yeah. Uh, 1984. Uh, and you know she would have been one of the first uh, strong female characters in that time. But you're still not answering the question. So Sorry. who had the greatest yeah. adversary? Why is the robot the best? It's yeah. a robot. It's a robot, and yep. it um, they save the world in the end. <laughs> Look, the truth is, I don't know what adversary means. A uh, foe. Why, yeah. why, why has she got the hardest kind of trot of yeah. it with her enemy? Like, what makes uh, her You know what? Right we'll on. come back to you. We'll oh. start with Simon. <laughs> okay, yeah. I've got this. Well, we'll I've, got this. I've got this. I've got this. Okay. You got this, or do you want to go Simon? Yeah, first? no, I've got this. So, go the on, reason why my film is the best is because she's taking on a robot that looks like a human that can do voices and shit. And that's it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll go to that's Simon. Simon. Um, I, because my. Uh, my my woman, uh, Gina Davis. I, I feel she has the greatest adversary because she doesn't just have one adversary. She has multiple adversaries. She has a guy who has an entire army behind him who have weapons of mass and small destruction, guns and bombs that can take down, was it 400,000, I believe, an entire town? Yep. So, uh, yeah, so I feel like, and, and she's been frozen. There, there's a lot of different torch techniques she goes under, and I feel as though, yeah, because there's a lot of people she's fighting against, it's harder for her, and it's a greater adversary. Lucy, make your argument. Um, 
I feel like Elizabeth has the greatest adversary because the adversary is like really close to home. These are the people that are supposed to be helping her. These are the people she's supposed to be able to trust. She also has, you know, um, the inferences that there's a lot of people within the sex trade um, in, you know, in Sweden and stuff like that in, in later movies, obviously. But in this movie in particular, you know, someone who has literally been cast in a position of authority over her life and the way she lives her life uh, takes advantage of her and abuses her. And there's a lot of emphasis in these movies about men and the fact that domestic violence and violence against women and um, stuff like that are really really quite prevalent and I think as much as you know people robots and people with bombs and stuff are scary the people who are closer to home the people who have the biggest impact on your life are, I think some of the scariest particularly when they're in a position of power directly over you you know the average woman doesn't come up against robots and and you know bombs every day whereas this is something that appeals to the average woman a lot so, more. so this is really uh an issue of robots versus army versus people at home so yeah. uh i guess you guys have to work it out and convince me which arguments are the best i thought we'd done that no oh, not uh, yet. <laughs> why i think that my argument is the best uh, as opposed to their arguments yeah yeah um I don't know. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, my dad can be scary when I was a kid and that's all well and good. But I don't know if I if I was in a situation where there was like a whole army of people trying to kill everyone that I loved within a town, I'd find that scary. Just but like. you're not in that situation. But I could be. Yeah, but, but the thing is you're not. That. And Lizbeth, Lizbeth a lot of people in the world is, are, is put in a position where, you know, she has no control over her life. She's judged consistently on her appearance. At the end of the day, Gina Davis is a housewife and she has a comfortable home life. And then when she decides that she's going to go get kick-ass, she makes herself a bit more sexy and goes from there and she's still judged on her appearance. I think she's appearance. pretty sexy as a housewife too. Yeah, she's but gorgeous. at the end of the day, it's this emphasis on appearance and your film, if anything, shows that appearance is a big factor. So Elizabeth Salander is consistently judged by people around her on the basis of her appearance as well. People don't trust her. They won't give her an opportunity. They treat her like crap. She's abused on the basis of the fact that she looks like this grungy street kid. So not only is she facing, you know, adversaries in terms of people, she's always or sort of facing this adversary instead of in, in terms of societal, you know, opinion and pressure. And that in itself is something that can't be changed just by shooting it in the face. Yeah. I love that, um, and you know, I think you're making some really great arguments. I think what I'd argue about my films, <laughs> a few brownie points there, you know, and people listening in can hear those, so you know, tell the truth. Um, look, the reason why I think Terminator is such a great film, as I said before, it was made at a time when there wasn't a lot of strong female leads. But not only that, in Terminator One, you've got someone who d- who. So, so Sarah Connor, it all happened to her. She was someone was coming back and telling her what her future was going to be, and she had to make decisions about a future that it has, hadn't even happened yet, about her husband and her son, and you know, and then she, in you know, at the end, she's she's pregnant and she's going to put this baby into the world, and you know, and then in Terminator Two, a whole heap of stuff, other stuff happens where she has this baby, blah blah blah. But the thing is, you've got women who kind of, you know, this the. The thing about women is that they do have babies and they do empower those children and what they do and how they raise them kind of uh, means some stuff. Elizabeth didn't have a family that could empower and raise her that way. So that's also sort of stacked up against uh, her. I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to have to give this one to Lucy. Uh, Lucy Yay. gets a point in this one because I don't want to seem like an arsehole and say, no, uh... <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Anymore. yeah. It's probably, it's probably, it's probably safer. People should be down. It's a safer on, one. Safer one. Even though I really think Simon should have got it. But yeah, oh, yeah. Lucy gets the so, point. Yep, yep. Oh, right. Right. Okay. So, next question and we'll start off with Simon on this one. Uh, which character had to overcome the most? Oh, well, I would say mine, of course. Uh, because it's the one I picked, but um, because she has to make two changes or three changes, even she goes from 
a badass assassin who then gets almost killed, develops, I can't remember what type of amnesia she has, but that renders her basically not remembering the part of her life past there. She then has to make a new life for herself, family, kids, daughter, all that shit, be really nice to the community, be a sexy Santa for the, the local teens. I believe that's the first scene in the film. And, um, and then again, after doing that, she then has to discover who she is and who she was and then transform back into the assassin to kill everyone around her and then kind of semi-transform back into a house like half housewife half assassin so that she can just remain the person that she is in her heart so i feel like that's my argument and i'm finishing it now lucy um so Lisbeth doesn't get a happy ending. She doesn't get to neatly compart like compartmentalize all her stuff. Point, so I'm not gonna do it no, again. and that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I mean, that's just it. She, you know, she's abused from the point where she is child, and she is systematically abused and taken advantage of by pretty much everyone in her life. And even towards the end of the movie, we've got Mikhail who kind of lets her down because he goes back to his nice, safe, comfortable life and leaves her out in the cold. You know, so she has to fight consistently all the way through. Could I ask a question? Uh, that's one thing I didn't understand about the movie. When she goes and visits him and gives him the package, is he in a version of jail or a hospital? Because the guy um, says he's, he's been in jail. He's been in he's been in jail because of what happened at the right, start of the movie. Right, and he gets released. So yeah. yeah, so this is him serving his time okay. for that. Cool beans. But I think at the end of the day, she um she has to face all these things, and, and there's no there's no happy ending. There's no recompense for her. She doesn't make her way out of this. You know, at the end of the movie, what you, you're left with the idea that her life is just as hopeless and sort of helpless as it was in the beginning. Um, so, yeah, she has to l- sort of face life after that point and for the most part, alone. Well, isn't that why the American remake's better? Because it has a happy ending? It that's doesn't. It actually right? doesn't really <laughs> yeah. have that much of a happy ending Thank either. You. The character's pretty much fucked all the way around. Right Kirsty. Well, yeah. Um, so basically, you know, Sarah Connor has to take on some robots from another dimension, and uh, and then like <laughs> deal with the dude. What's that, Justin? Future. Yep. From the future. Uh, for Justin, those who don't know, that was Justin on the fact checker. Justin, giving facts. Um, yes, but she has, she has to deal with uh, robots from the future who obviously are sub- you know more superior to human ability. And um and fight like fight a robot that can mimic other people like who do you trust you know it called the robot calls as a, as her mother you know this robot can can kill everyone in her life and then mimic them you know that's that's full on. How's mm. Wolfie? Oh, Wolfie's fine, honey. <laughs> Your dog you know is dead. You know that's my favorite line. I know that's pay. I have to pay what Kirsty said. Like having someone who can mimic everyone in your life, it plays into the some of like points I made with mine of having no one you can trust. Mm. You know, at the end of the day, neither of these characters kind of have this strong family life. Whereas Gina at least has a husband but and a daughter. But she can't trust anyone either because she doesn't really know what her past is. But it's she all has obscured. a husband and a daughter. She has someone yeah, to go but home to. Nothing like the daughter. She can toss into a treehouse, and the husband's a shithead. Gets beaten nothing. up against the stairs. nothing. But she goes back to them. Yeah, because she's but a good she goes. Woman. So she goes back to them. She's with, got with, a safe. She's place. got love in her heart. She's got a safe place. At the end of the day, yeah. she gets. She gets a positive resolution. I don't know. I, I heard that the that. daughter got cancer like a year after that yeah, film, and the husband got addicted we're to heroin. The events of the film. I know. Itself. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> it's just when. I, okay. Yeah. Not novelization. Yeah. Or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to have to give this one to Kirsty. 
you know, had to fight. Um, what was it? What was the question again? Robots. Um, yeah, she had to overcome the most and giant robots. Come on. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, giant robot. Society. I think everyone yeah, deals with society robot. a lot. So you know, mm. you know, everyone has to deal with that pressure. It's not more than anyone. Else. And the army. Come on, man. I've been in that position. Of course. You've been yeah. In that yeah. <laughs> we all, we've all played Call of Duty. Right. Okay. So start off with uh, Lucy on this one. Which of the leads is more likable? Make an argument for yours. Lisbeth, Lisbeth isn't what you'd call stereotypical, stereotypically likable, um, but she is a character that you can empathise and sympathise with. Um, she, you know, I think where she becomes more likable is the fact that she is, you know, she's the odd one out. She's different. She's unusual. She's she encompasses a lot of feelings that we've all had, you know, through growing up or at different times in our lives. You know, we're the odd one out. We're different. We're not understood. You know, people judge us on face value and not necessarily on what's on the inside. And um, she's someone who's trying really, really hard to do the right thing. Also, I mean, at the end of the day, as a, f- a female lead, there is that slight romance aspect, and you know, she does appeal in the respect that she is, you know developing feelings for this guy who is not returning those feelings and that's something that a lot of people I think can and particularly you know um if, if we're going to focus on the on the fe- like the gender aspect females can really empathize with um but so can guys we've all been in that like position before so I think at face value when you first go into the movie you might be a bit like "Ooh, I'm not sure but then as you get to know her more you sort of really feel and you understand her plight and her story a lot better and she, she shuts him out a little bit too though because I remember when he tries to lean over to hug her yeah, she's like don't that's me. out of that's out of fear and mm. that's another thing that you can relate to you know we've all had fear of letting people in and, and stuff like that and this is something you know emotion is very strong here uh, when you talk make sure you talk directly to the side of it cool. alright Kirsty. Oh, look, I think Sarah Connor's really likeable because she has a great mullet. <laughs> oh, 80s hairdo wins every yeah, time. Yeah, I just tossed you a point, but if the, anyone goes back and Googles that one scene where they're both getting changed in the, in the mirror, the, yeah, oh, the oh my God, the I just best. got the 80s came all over she, my yeah. face. Oh, God, she had the mullet and the, and the, um, and the top The glut. shoulder pads. What do you call the top bit? Um, the top bit, the samurai like bun, the feathered hair, feathered yeah. Oh, bangs! No, are they not bangs? I don't understand. The, the, the quiff, the quiff, quiff. Yeah. quiff. I said quiff. Top, it's top. Quiff. <laughs> it's quiff. quiff is not what we're fact, talking about. Fact checker, please check it up. What's the top of the head called? The, 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 the head kind of thing. <laughs> He'll Might get well back well to you in forty-five minutes. I thought a bird's nest. Bird's nest. More of that fifty thing. A booth. A booth. A booth. A bouffant or a booth? What is a bouffant? Uh, Buffon is oh. the height just involved. Okay. Okay. Cool. Oh, so yeah. I couldn't see your hand gestures. She's gesticulating yeah. a rather large, kind Cont. of like Dan Aykroyd Conehead yeah. style. Yeah. <laughs> uh, rise above the. Uh, dome. So a booth and a mullet. That's yeah. your argument. Uh, yeah. Look, she also wears a nice pair of high-waisted uh, blue jeans, which of course were only mm. worn in those times, and, and I think that we trending. can all identify with that kind of regret. Um, if you were living in the eighties, you remember that all too much. But also, too, she's got a lot of hard decisions to make. She has to uh, learn how to trust qui- who to trust quickly um, in a thing that no one, you know, you and I can't understand. We, you know, like, oh, okay, cool. This dude's just coming in. He's going to kill us. Or where's he from? The future. Oh yeah, cool. That makes sense. <laughs> um, yeah. So she has to make some quick decisions, and I think she nails it. All right, cool, Simon. 
Um, I think that mine is most likable, obviously because I picked her, but also because uh, she encompasses a large gamut of personalities. She's every, she's every woman. She is. Uh, she's the, the, the housewife, the badass, the one that can keep it all together. She can fucking shoot down 500 people with beads and anger in their eyes, but she can also cook a steak for her <laughs> lovely husband. If that's what he desired, maybe not. Maybe he does the cooking. She cooks because she chops up carrots. And who doesn't like a good knife skill in a person? I know I do. Um, and I feel like she's intense. She's funny. She's got good wit. She always comes. She always puts Samuel L. Jackson in his place, but I like, which I like. Um, and yeah, she she kills me both emotionally, hysterically, and physically. So that is why I'm picking Gina Davis in the movie Long Kiss Goodnight. Look, I I like I like Lisbeth because she doesn't pander to any you know she doesn't pander to me as an audience member she doesn't pander to any stereotypes she is what she is and it leaves me to make my own decision. Um, whereas I think you know if, if we look at the other two films you know we are dealing with a lot of female stereotyping and that's a very much but it got something that happened in the kind time. Of stereotype though, isn't it? You, you can't say that Sarah Connor is a female stereotype. Yeah. Um, look, she came around when that movie was made. It's one of the first big sort of, you know, female leads, this warrior woman kind of thing. But a lot of things came around at the same but time. But she wasn't a warrior woman. She was just an everyday waitress trying to figure out who but ordered the beef. But she turned into a warrior woman. You know what I mean? You know, like this is the, this is the thing. And it became a stereotype. But that's the thing. That's I, what I, I was going to ask no, you about I this because I don't think she ever really became a warrior woman until part two until she ended up in the psych ward. Because even at the end, like, she was still scared to press that button. Like, she was cowering most of the time Which in then, part one. Which does imply how then is she the most badass. She's Ooh. the mo- she's the most well, badass. Well, I'm not arguing for Sarah Connor, so I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> so, she's the most badass because in Terminator 2, we, we all know her in Terminator 2 with the massive arms. Um, this yeah, is her evolution. Is but this is, this is her evolution. So, this, well, to put, put my point, she's the most likable in this, uh, in the first mm. one because... She, uh, she. Well, you go through her evolution of how she kind of got got to be so tough, and uh, she could have been any one of us. But I think the reason why she's not stereotypical, and particularly for the time, was that she was a woman working as a waitress, living with one of her friends, um, and you know, in in that time, that was you know, what wasn't certainly the norm. It was a little bit out of the norm. So I think that you know, a, a strong fe- female character lead doing shit outside the norm was pretty cool. I think where she played into the stereotype is where she fell into the man's arms. Okay, well, you know what? I'm thinking because you guys are arguing Terminator a bit more. I'm putting your one out, Lucy. So I'm going to yep. give it to Simon on this one because no one made any points against it. And, yeah. and at the same time, it who doesn't like a good steak? So Simon gets the point win there. is what I go for. Look, she, um, went, she went from cutting a carrot slow to car- cutting a carrot fast. I know. What she doesn't like that. And in time, this is a skill things. we can all hope and aspire to. Okay, next question. Uh, which one had the best psychic? Well, obviously Terminator 1 had... <laughs> Sarah Connor had the best sidekick. Laughing is not agreeing. <laughs> not in this instance, anyway. Had the best sidekick. I mean, her sidekick was from the future, who was her husband, who ended up being, well, not her husband, but who ended up being the father of a child that didn't exist yet in the future. Uh, you know, that's a pretty big thing. <laughs> See, my, my only qualm with your sidekick and is, kicked ass. is that I don't think that he could exist in the time-space continuum because how could he come back and fuck her and give birth to her son without that timeline already existing in the first place? Exactly. See? Best sidekick. Aha! <laughs> <laughs> 
Simon. Um, I think that, oh, man, Samuel L. motherfucking Jackson, come on. I don't usually swear for emphasis, but that's his main word. He's funny. He's an alcoholic. He tries to give gifts to his poor son whose mother gives them back because she thinks that he's an awful person. I th- He's the funniest person, and that's his funniest role as well, I think. I think he's hilarious in that. Um, And he's always there for her, and he sticks around to the grim end. Wait, funniest I- role? What about Django? <laughs> well, yes, Amanda, I believe that yeah. might have been the funniest, but I think that I think that he's just an all-round hilarious person that you'd want next to you, singing a little bit of tunes, like when he goes to the bathroom, everything. It's a, there's so much memorable shit that comes out of Samuel L. Jackson's mouth. I find. Yeah, but yeah. what does he do that really makes the whole? He's the one that he's the linchpin in the whole thing. He finds the the uh, credit cards with the briefcase that then. Uh, unleashes her psyche unraveling in front of the camera for the audience so he's quite important Lucy one thing I find with sidekicks to strong women in movies is that um, you either have a comic relief sidekick or you have someone who is like the guy who's going to rescue her and he's going to do everything for her I think we've got two really solid examples of that here Um, I think in you know Girl with the Dragon Tattoo Elizabeth has I I just got to stop for a second Uh, Kirstie's just all red and and, and (laughs) crying laughter I should mention uh, I think it's because comedians are taking this less seriously than we should be (laughs) no what's happened originally one of the movies was supposed to be death proof but uh, we change it to uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo Mm. my bad uh, the mistake Kirsty did was watch uh, Death Proof over Long Kiss Goodnight. So she's bullshitting her way through this one, but she's <laughs> yeah. doing a pretty good job. She's she doesn't know much really about Samuel Jackson. I, uh, I just, I just basically gave Simon uh, the winning ticket to this argument. So <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome, Simon. That, no, not a problem. Thank Back you. Back to Lucy. I, I'll share the I, fact I with you. I feel like I, I feel like with um, Michael Blomkist in Girl with Dragon Tattoo, you know, she has a sidekick that is her equal and their skills really complement each other and they work together. It's not someone doing something that helps another, you know, and then, you know, there's no dominance at any given point. um, And I think that's really good. I think they complement each other really nicely. Um, I think that the comic relief, you know, the damsel, like that doesn't come into it at all. And I feel like with these other movies, that does play into it far too much. And I, I just, you know, Samuel L. Jackson isn't her sidekick. The character he plays is her sidekick. Let's just clarify that for a moment. So oh, as yeah, much as you I, I, like um, Samuel L. Jackson... Yeah, I can't remember what his name is. You know, Chauncey? That and might be and, a and he's I'll great. He's great. But at the end Why of the day... Why did you pick this film if you can't remember the character's name? I don't know. I mean, but that tiny inconsequential detail. The end of I should write off my entire argument. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson, yes, he's the linchpin right. for all this. But, you know, it's again another example of a guy sweeping in and taking care of stuff and it's not, you know, and later on she excels and I, I guess becomes more of a really, focus. It's not really damsel in distress. It's kind of them finding out together about unfolding this case initially, and then she very quickly finds that gun and starts fucking shit up. Initially she is the damsel and then he goes from being a, like, a mem- like a team member to being the comic relief and that's pretty much the position he fills for me, like fulfills for me Which, throughout the rest of the movie and I'm not saying that comic relief isn't fantastic but I'm just saying when I think of a sidekick I prefer to see a team member and people working together to achieve the same goal but wouldn't that be a partner more than a sidekick Mm. see I like the guy that brings the guffaws personally when I think of Batman and Robin Robin's always making quips I'm thinking about... Robin is making quips, but he has a really solid part to play and you know what that part to play is and you know that there's times when, you know, they're on the same level and there's times when they're not and I just don't see as much of that. I see them more of an an accessory and less of a sidekick. Um, And in Sarah Connor, as much as I love Terminator, it's like 
he's sweeping in to save the day. And whoa, I feel whoa, like whoa. that takes Shit. away from her badassery a little bit. No, it does not. It does certainly does not. She was not, she was not Get a damsel there. in distress. She was a person who was going to be killed. So it was nothing to do with her being a woman as to why, you know, well, I mean, she was going to have a baby and stuff, which is all bad and stuff. But it wasn't got to do with like... We're not promoting abortion or not having children. We want the human race to continue at least for a couple more hundred she years. She becomes a yeah, I disagree. I don't think she is a damsel at any point. She's a person who's about to be killed. So it's not like she's a damsel in distress because she's a weaker, uh, a we- weaker sex. I don't think it's got anything to do with her sex. I've just got to. I think that he doesn't necessarily, as a sidekick, make the the best and and I guess compliment her the best and i feel like you know the amount of times in terminary here like oh no yeah uh, yeah can you stop it can you do this and i'm like literally sarah shut up that's not helping right now can you just be quiet and i'd have the same problem if she was a man if she was whining that much i'd be like babe i know it's a bit shit but you just need to chill the fuck out i personally (laughs) think that the uh what's the lady's name in lisbeth Elizabeth, that's right. I, I, I don't know. I Maybe I, I saw the movie wrong. It kind of looked like she was more his sidekick than he was hers. I think it starts off that way, but so. then it flips it on its head midway through, very much so. Um, I think it starts it? a lot about... It does. It starts a lot about his story, but his story becomes more of a background as she takes more of a, a prevalent and more of a main lead role. Hmm. Okay, it's going to be a tough choice on this one. I'm... Um, Thinking, I'm gonna have to go with Kirsty again on this one. <laughs> the guy did play a better sidekick. Um, even sacrificed his own life. Sacrificed his own life. Gave everyone. it up. Yep. So Kirsty gets the point there. But that was Hold a very, really nice very tough one. She it was fell a very asleep. Tough one. Oh God, he's with the picture bird. Okay. It was her face and God, he was cute. Mm, he was and so handsome. Simon. Uh, which one had the best action slash violence slash kick ass scene of the No, movie? well that's easily mine. Uh, well, because mine is the most violent. Um, like there's not that there is like shots of violence that have things that have happened in the past, like crime scenes and stuff like that, and go with the dragon tattoo. But as far as violence goes, it's kind of him. There's a few little scenes. In Terminator, there are some bits where people die, but in uh, <laughs> and that's bad a lot and of shit. Action in yeah. Terminator. <laughs> but but in Long Kiss Goodnight, she tears through fucking towns. She gets tortured and comes back. She shoots out people's kneecaps. She fucks up shit from Monday to Sunday and then back to Tuesday again. Man, she's. Is that a particular scene or just throughout the movie? Uh, we need well, one there's scene. many scenes. Yeah, oh, what is one, my favorite personal favorite. scene? Yeah. I think the water torture scene where she undoes herself and as she's coming up, shoots him in the knee, shoots the wheel so that it stops and then shoots something else. And just that sequence of events is amazing. That and the one where she cuts the lights and then shoots him from inside of a helicopter. All fantastic stuff. Lucy. Um, Because we're talking about badass females, um, I'm just going to focus on the fact that she um, goes to her rapist and shoves something up his ass. And then tattoos, you're a saddest pig and a rapist on his chest. And I find that to be a particularly good action violence scene because it's a woman who says, no, this isn't right. You hurt me and I'm going to make you pay. And uh, more commonly in movies, women aren't focused on as revengers or avengers. They're really not. And it's mostly just, you know, violence as a means to an end. And what, you know, the emphasis, you know, there's not as much action. It's not an action-heavy movie necessarily. There are moments of violence, 
She uses her brain more than her like more than brawn or weapons in most of the movie, and I think that's really you know admirable. Um, but I think at the end of the day, this is a woman who's saying no to her abuser, and this is something that we don't see very often. We don't see women as instigators of this raw, rough, and and generally unpleasant violence because they're either seen or painted as crazy, or you know, um, as it not being appropriate, not being right. Kirsty. Good argument. Uh, I mean, that was all right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, look, Sarah Connor, it, she runs away from a truck with the Terminator driving it and keeps her steady composure. <laughs> uh, look, that she nails that. You know, how many of us could run from the Terminator in a truck? And I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure she had a broken ankle while they were filming that scene as well. So that, was, that makes it even more badass. Mate, yeah, that I is think. heaps yeah. Well, Gina badass. Davis was yes. suffering from autism the entire time. She was filming Good Night. So yeah. I just want to put uh, that out. Uh, yeah, if we're going for points. <laughs> anyway, back to me. Yep. Um, and then in the end, you know, the Terminator has his hand around her throat. The Terminator. The Terminator. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and she presses a button and goes, bam, you like Terminator no more. He will be back, but... Robot goes squish now. Uh, my only problem, my little problem, and I don't know, maybe this is looking at it from the wrong perspective. I'm not too sure. But my main... Oh, my, uh, I've been Sorry. told to talk to the microphone. Um, <laughs> the, the main thing that I have is that she goes back and allows herself to be raped in order to get revenge or to exact revenge. She doesn't. I My belief from watching the movie is that she doesn't believe it's going to be that uh, bad at that time. I right. think the belief she has is that she's going to go back, he's going to force her into doing something like oral sex again so she can get the rest of the money she needs to buy a computer and that she will catch that on film and that will be all she needs. Sure. The reason why her revenge is quite as violent as it is because I think is because she wasn't expecting him to be as violent towards her. Um, it's a really jarring scene and I think it's something that makes a lot of people uncomfortable to watch and I think that's what makes her such a particularly strong character and I think that's what makes it so effective. Because I was just worried that she's giving him the power so that she can then get the power. Well she it's takes like, the power Isn't there back. an alternative version to get, I don't know, I don't know I'm just that, that, that's one thing that kind of made me feel a little bit I think at the end of the day she's going to him because she needs the money, I mean that's the, it's the case in point and she has a she feeling She needs a Mac. Well, Kirsty Mac. She, she needs the money, <laughs> she, she thinks that something will happen and I think it goes a way that she's not expecting, but she turns around and she says, no, this isn't okay, and I'm going to make you feel what you made me feel. I'm just teetering around this so gently because I, I know, know that arguing See, the <laughs> at this point this, with... The irony yeah. of this is the porn star is, like, delving right into the rape discussion. Right so that's interesting. So I think she's forced her argument the best, so I'm going to go with uh, Lucy. Uh, she forced her argument yeah. the best. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. 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 there from Seizure Kaiser. Inappropriate. <laughs> Don't tell me now about that. Don't tell me Okay, uh, next question. Uh, we started with you on that last one. Uh, oh, I don't know. Who? That's all such a fun blur. Okay, it's Lucy. Turn, yes, uh, and we'll go best weapon of choice. I really want to say the dildo, but I don't think that'd be appropriate. Why not? Um, because it's not why not? Her, uh, look, her weapon of choice is in this case like computers. Um, she's um, she is a master at hacking, she's a master at researching. Research. So, Lisbeth is this master hacker, she you know uses you know computers to essentially bring down all sorts of people in ways that don't necessarily involve violence. What I love about this is she uses her brain and that's something that we don't oh, have a lot of in in a lot of things like that. It's very good to make spur-of-the-moment decisions. It's very good to be able to get a gun and shoot somebody. But this is someone who has to do something that requires a lot of thought and she doesn't have a gun and she can't kill these people necessarily until later. But she you know, uses her brain and we need more emphasis on that. 
with with female characters. Right, Kirsty. Well, Sarah Connor doesn't really have a weapon of choice, but um, going to the end of the film, she does keep a. She records everything, the whole story, ready for Terminator 2. So I would say that... Uh, <laughs> so she's she's writing the, the screenplay, <laughs> like, voice message by voice message. That's right. Well, I think uh, her weapon of choice ends up being the end of the film and, and, and it nails it in, in Terminator 2. So, um, you know, and which is her voice and her memory. So, Simon. Oh. I would say her winning smile. No, I. Uh, <laughs> well, I was going to say brains because she's quite intellectual and she uses that to kind of unmask her past. But considering that option's been taken, I would say her greatest weapon of choice. Hello. A new person has entered the room. A person with a satchel small. Don't, don't than acknowledge him. Okay, I won't. <laughs> I, I can't fit him on the two Nor feet. should I. Yeah, um, yeah I, uh, now I'm distracted. I think that her greatest weapon of choice was. Her raw sexuality. No, I don't know. <laughs> the hole her keeps getting bigger sexuality. every time. Yeah, that's it. we're almost at the end. So <laughs> that's you have cool the Vagina, is this where we're at? Is it, you know how you I said do? she has a teenage memory for you? I do. I, do. I, do. I, I have the hots yeah, for okay, yeah. well, Gina how Davies. How many people in the room had Gina Davies as a fond teenage memory? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. there. Yeah, there you go. So then I... For those who can't see on the podcast, we all put our hands up except Fact Checker. Um, didn't do it. No. no. It was he was yours. a Suzanne Summers kind of guy, I reckon. And now, yeah. and now, and now, now we're going to look was. at him in care. a judgmental way. Vanessa He's probably looking up porn in his computer right now. Gina Davies porn or like? Um, so <laughs> I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to give the point to Lucy. She made the best argument. I was going to say, please don't give it to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Simon just had nothing <laughs> on that one. Sprawl of yeah, she that's taken. All right. Oh, the sniper rifle at the end because she kills a lot of people with it. I just want to get that in there. It doesn't matter if I win points. I don't care if I win, but so you sniper if rifle. You a, if you made an argument there, I could have uh, put you into the contestant. Cool. No, no worries. Right. I'm happy to lose. All right. Comfortable at the bottom. Um. Sarah Connor's <laughs> weapon. I'm of very comfortable at the bottom. There is no, <laughs> there's like low risk. <laughs> very right. low risk at the bottom. Uh, next question. We'll start off Kirsty on this yes. one. Which scene did she play it cool the most? Play it cool. Oh, which scene did Sarah Connor play it cool? Oh, probably the last scene. The last scene when she's in a car, she looks pretty heavily pregnant and uh, she's keeping a record, a voice record of all the, uh, of everything that's happened for her future son to possibly put her, you know, his father um, to his death and explaining what, what that was and what that meant. And she played it pretty cool and then, you know, this little kid comes over and takes a photograph and that's the photograph that ties it back to the beginning of the film and, uh, you know, it must have been a pretty emotional moment <laughs> and she kept it together. Roll credits, drive into mountain. Simon. Um, I, I, there's only one, there's like three sentences I want to say, and that's my entire argument. It's fighting against the guy in the kitchen, slapping his head, punching him in the back, and then saying, chefs do that. I reckon that is the most playing it cool, because that is the sweetest line. It's a callback to something that happened maybe 10 minutes previous in the movie, where she's kind of gradually finding out who she is, and it's just dope as fuck, so I really like it. I, I think, um, towards the end of, um... Girls Dragon Hunter 2 as well. When she's um, changing, she goes and she basically tries to, um, you know, sort of desecrate this guy's bank accounts. You know, the guy who's kind of caused so much trouble for, you know, um, Bloomkist, who she's quite attached to at this point. And she has to change her entire appearance. And she has to go and she has to be a lot more social than you would perhaps notice her being throughout the entire movie. And um, she looks like this blonde, pretty girl, which is just. 110% 110% not who she is, but she just kills it. She goes in, she's professional, she's smooth, she's, you know, smart, and she gets the money. 
Cool. Money's great. Chefs do that. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Chefs do three little words. Do you know words. what? Do you know what? Chefs. I do have that. to agree with him on that point. Okay, well Chefs I'm gonna give it some. That. Come on, that is bad fucking ass. That man. was badass. It's against the guy whose eye she took out with a fucking syringe on the side Look, of a mountain just... when it's thundering in the background, Metallica esque. It's just all wonderful. It's sh- chefs do that. That's it. All right, so we're coming to our final question. However, if Simon Ooh. gets a point, then it's a three-way tiebreaker. Just so you know that. It's only going to turn so. into a three-way. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's okay when it's in a three-way. <laughs> okay, so final question. In the face. Out of the three, who would win in a fight? Mine. Why? Um, because she has all of her faculties. She's not only smart, but she is a trained assassin. She can use knives, as seen in the trailer with the horrible voiceover. She can use guns. She can use bombs. She can use men uh, against other men. And I think that's why, because she's got everything in her artillery. And she's unbeatable. Kirsty Mack, what do you reckon? Sarah Connor in Terminator <laughs> 2 would kick your ass! Look, Terminator 1, she did kill the you know, she killed the Terminator. I mean that's a pretty big deal, right? But uh, in terms of her uh, her already established ability to kill people, oh look, not great. I'm out of this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lucy. I would say Elizabeth because for one, she would probably be able to do something to make it so that you didn't actually get to the fight in the first place, whether that be diverting traffic, whether that be, you know, clearing your bank account, whether that be doing any number of things, she could probably get you arrested. What if it was a spur of the moment fight? What if it was just in the middle of a Woolworths aisle? I can't say that she would lose because she Mm. she fights dirty and she fights with everything she's got and the few physical altercations you see, you can tell that there is a fire in her that you just cannot distinguish. She doesn't need a daughter to have something to fight for. She just fights for it from the get-go. I don't and she, she will not only fights for her daughter. I think she fights for revenge of what I they've think done to her. The end, Charlie she fights, Chapter. She fights for that. But at the end of the day, Elizabeth doesn't necessarily need a cause. She's had a fucked up life. So she's got that fire from the get-go. And she would not give up. She got fire from a get-go? <laughs> from the get-go. Oh, right. Sorry. I, Sorry, I don't yeah. think they breathe. So, so, you know, she would not give up. She would not give up. I do I know if she would necessarily win? I don't know, but I know that you would come out of it pretty fucked at the end. So Well, I know you, you know, come out of it pretty fucking dead at the end of my life. But if one. Gina Davis didn't have a gun, what the fuck is she gonna do? Uh torture you with knives, she could beat you okay, up. Okay, but she, if she didn't have knives, what's she gonna do? Uh physically beat you up? So Elizabeth would also physically beat you up. Well, I don't know. She kinda just spat at those guys in the train stage like And then she like belted the shit out of some guys towards the end. And and she's been in situations where she's had to defend herself. You know, she's been abused. She's a kid that's grown up on the street she's had a rough See, life is that not really highlighted in the film though is that more in the book well the really implication is there in the film because mm, of her personality and the way she looks one win on if implications you can't one read must into things oneself. in movies then you're not watching movies right sorry fair enough <laughs> Ooh, tough one tough come one. on seizure um, what's I'm it gonna be going to have to give it to you know what i want to go to the tiebreakers i'm gonna give it simon and that brings it a three all okay this one final question Three-way loss at this point. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted to say three-way. Final question, and you guys just, whoever makes the best arguments uh, wins, will be biggest what-the-fuck moment in the entire film. She puts a dildo in a guy's ass and tattoos you're a rapist on his chest. Mm. Simon. But I kind of saw that coming, though. <laughs> I don't think you did. Um, I think uh, the biggest what-the-fuck moment is when she slits her own throat in the mirror. That was just a big shocking, like, what the fuck? I actually said that out loud. 
And I think my dad said that out loud. And the only thing that my dad says about movies is, it was all right. That's his only fucking criticism of movies. So that alone, the fact that Umberto Bosco liked that scene, I think held gravity. Oh, God, how many what-the-fuck moments were mm. in The Terminator? Like when they have, he has the voice bit and then he's, he's her mum, like she calls her, oh, mum, I'm really unsafe, and it's The Terminator on the other end. What the fuck? Yeah, man. Um, there's so many what-the-fuck moments. Oh, and, you know, when... When he's like, oh, you know, the, the show goes back to him burning the picture, you know, the picture of her falling into a fire and you realise that, you know, he's Sarah Connor's dad. Like, that's like, oh, that's like love and I've always loved you. Like, like, really? Love. You don't even know her. What the fuck? Um, <laughs> different kind of what the fuck. A different kind of what the fuck. And then, you know, when, when the Terminator, you know, goes into the fire and just comes back out and he's now just like a massive robot. What the fuck? Ooh, uh, this is very tough, very tough. Uh, I argue guys like, I, I don't know look, who at, at the, the end of the day a lot of people might see that she was going to go and commit some revenge on this guy but it's so jarring that he opens the door and then it's like bam taser and I could not have seen where that was going to go did I think that she was going to like rape him no I didn't and I, I don't kind of, I kind of suspected yeah. it as a revenge tactic I I, I mean, maybe you didn't make that. I don't know. Maybe I I'm used to people it. raping you other knew, people as revenge. You knew that she was going to fuck him <laughs> up. Croydon Park like, was a bad time to grow up in. doing something to him that was physically <laughs> violent. Yeah. But she does not, you know, it's literally, and at the end of the day, people don't often get anally raped but by What about at the beginning of the day? Do they get orally raped? <laughs> you know, and they don't get, I'm, I'm a saddest rapist pig tattooed on their chest. In terms of, you know, a moment, a revenge moment in a movie, it's pretty much golden. There's nothing that can really compete with that. It's, it's revenge. Yeah, but but it's, not, it's not a revenge it's moment. It's a what the fuck moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's a revenge moment. It's not a what the fuck exactly. moment. It is a what Kirstie the fuck Mac. moment. For every man watching that movie, it is a what the fuck moment. Mm. All right, well, well, it's actually not because weirdly enough, I was discussing this with someone a few days before and they were saying about uh, men getting raped and like, how can a woman rape a man? They can't force him to get his dick up. And I'm like, well, that's absolutely true. But there is anal penetration. So I'd already been contemplating it, and I think a few people had. Well, Male rape is not common, though. Mm, I don't think it's <laughs> a spoke. It's, it's not as common. Yeah. So when it happens, it's quite it's quite jarring. And this is a smaller woman. This is a smaller woman. This is a larger man. There's anything about this that was not going to work in her favour. And she just goes, and she literally hammers it home. Well, my character <laughs> slit her own throat in a mirror. What the fuck? Why would you slit your own throat? I've there seen is no a lot reason of to cut your own throat. In Maybe movies. cut somewhere else. It's a bit more effective. It's not such a long bleed out. It's a very painful death, from what yeah, I've been told. You know, um, and that's really the only bit that I can completely remember. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that's what the fuck because it's yeah. just such a shock. It's like what the yeah. f? It's it's a, it's it's a dream sequence, isn't it? Yes, but it's still a what the fuck moment. Yeah, All movies are dream sequences because they don't technically yeah. happen in real life. Yeah, We're not watching I, documentaries. Yeah, but if I wake up in the morning and I go, oh, I had this dream this morning, oh, what the fuck? I'm like, it's only what the fuck to yeah, me. Yeah, but you'd wake it? up like that chicken medium. <gasps> <gasps> That's what you would do. You'd be like, what the fuck? If you knew a robot was already inside that It would be skin, more badass yeah, if she was actually doing it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you know what? I'm ruling Simon out on that one. Lucy did make a point. It would be better if she was actually doing it. But it's a dream. So. But it's still part of a yeah. movie. It's still All movies fuck, are yeah, fictional. Yeah, I know, I know. Is this a what the fuck moment for the character or a what the fuck moment for the audience? Because for the audience. Well, then why does that matter? 
then yeah, then it's because not relevant. Because you don't. It's not relevant. It's not relevant. Yeah, we know she's dreaming. Yes. So what? But you still don't see that coming, though. In my dreams, I usually slip my throat in the mountain after having a cigarette after having quit for decades. If she actually did that, I as as like I would have thrown that to him, like to you, Simon, if she'd actually done that for real. The plot, so but I, is that's reality not perception and perception not reality? <laughs> I will bring not in that argument. I'll session. clutch it. Straws if I need to. <laughs> I want to fucking win, man. <laughs> I can't go to Woolies member. and buy <laughs> cat food knowing that I didn't give it my best. I'm sorry. i got to <laughs> no, give it my for best. For the audience yep. member, if you know that's a dream, it's a dream. It's not a what the fuck moment. That's still shocking, Next. though. Yeah, so uh, you're out. I'm getting All you right, out pussy. this one. All right, so... <laughs> It's between you scrape two. the microphone along. So, I mean, look, you've got so many what-the-fuck moments in the Terminator. I mean, especially when she's just, like, at her house and then she's, at, you know, watching TV and it's like, oh, they've killed a couple of Sarah Connors. I mean, what the fuck? I'm Sarah Connor. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm. And then, it, it, look, that's a one what-the-fuck moment. Uh, but there is a lot of other... Mm. Yes. I think yeah. I think we're also dealing with two totally different genres though. We're dealing with what the fuck moments on the basis of science and technology and sci-fi and then we're dealing with what the fuck on the basis of what happens to people and what could potentially happen to people on a day-to-day basis. But still there is a level of what the fuck that the audience will feel. So exactly. which one has the bigger well, one? Well, no one, I don't think anyone went into Girl with the Dragon and you, every review you read of this movie says that people find that scene jarring. They're like, holy shit. This is not what I expected when I walked into this movie. I was thinking, yeah, it's Maybe a crime thriller. Maybe they were preserving it, like keeping it in a jar. Like no, it's, and this is something, the feedback is all the same. Any Anything you read, people are jarred by that moment. It is what stays with them. It is what this movie is known for. Have you seen the movie called Base Moi? It's a Base French Moi, yeah. film. No. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's some jarring, fucked up shit. Yeah. And but so is Irreversible. Yes, yeah. sir, Bob. Yeah. See, I feel like it's kind of, I don't it know. It is some Maybe jarring been... shit, but that doesn't, just because there's been other jarring shit mm. does not mean that the jarring yeah. shit but from one movie is any less important. It's no, it's not. I just feel like he's trying to kick me out of this one. No, yeah, no you're out. You're I know, out. I know. Yeah. But my he's voice exists it. in yeah, the universal. If you, if, if you think about a robot that can, one, well, sorry, Simon. Uh, well, if you think about a robot that can mimic people, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty full-on concept to leave with. If we're talking about full-on concepts to leave with with films, then they are. I, I think they're both fairly full-on concepts. If, mm. if that's what we're talking about, but you know, what the fuck moments uh, when you when you watch something and you go, oh holy shit, that's not even a real thing. How did that even happen? What the fuck? What the fuck is that? But you go into but Terminator knowing that it's going to be pool, about man. robots. You know that these <laughs> things are going to happen. Crazy you know, you're age. impressed by the technology that these things have. But you know it's going to happen because you know kind of what Terminator's about when you walk in the door. I'm sorry, All right, well, I'm, I'm circuit, making the decision. Five. And I think I'm going to give it to Lucy. And yes, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo wins. And me yeah, and Lucy always lose. Even though I really wanted from across the even though I really wanted what it's all about equality. Even though I really wanted Sarah Connor to win, why'd you pick Terminator One over Terminator Two? Yeah, yeah she's no way idea. more I really wish I had a pick Terminator Two. Terminator Two would have killed it. No yeah, one picked like, any Mila Jolovich film or uh, because Mila Jovovich, I believe. Yep. It's Mila, Mila is all like it's they they dress Mila up like it's it's about it's about badass female, but for the female like for the male gaze. That's yeah. why I didn't choose that. But has she ever know. been lead, though? Well, well, I mean, other than I, well, um, Resident Evil. Evil. And uh, I guess Fifth Element. Yeah, I reckon Bruce Willis is lead in that fiction. Uh, Bruce yeah. Willis was a chump in that one. Is this yeah. still the podcast or are you just hanging? I'm not yeah. sure yeah. at this yeah. point. <laughs> to, be on, to be honest, if I had have picked my films again after watching Death Proof again this morning to to come here with my research <laughs> done, yeah. uh, I would have picked Death Proof. That is yeah. a great film. There is so many lead females in that okay, film which who one have real honest dialogue as you know women who would have that kind of dialogue. And that's kind of unseen that's why when uh, Lucy originally picked it I was tr- having trouble figuring out, figuring out which, which one, one and I was going to go with the whole there's a whole bunch of them argument but I didn't think that necessarily made it fair mm. 
Well, it would have been the girl who was on the bonnet at the end. Yeah. Oh, Zoe. Yeah. Zoe. 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 It would have been her. How badass was she? she I got know. Yeah. Up like, Kurt her. Russell got, got fucked. And, you, yeah, and if you had Kurt Russell as uh, you would have had greatest adversary, Kurt Russell just winking at the camera. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what happened? Yeah. Yeah. That? I've actively shot that movie. No, it was the greatest adversary, Kurt Russell or the car. Yeah. Empty for the cycle bin. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, that's right. been the Film Feuds. I hope you enjoyed that one. A round of applause for Lucy for winning on that one. Yay. Uh, find her on Twitter, at LucyBXX. Don't forget Simon Bosco1 on Twitter. And Simon Mac Kirsty is also on Twitter. You Yay. can follow the Film Feud podcast at Film Feud Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at Film Feuds. Or you can just find us on iTunes now, because we're now on iTunes. Yay! Yay! Give us five stars there, and you can follow me on Twitter at IMCJump. Now, if you have any suggestions, any questions you want to put in, just please send them to the Twitter accounts. Best response will win all three movies that we discussed about today on DVD. Uh, Not Blu-ray, because I can't afford that. Okay, so, (laughs) like I said, I hope you had fun. And next week's episode is Best 80s Teen Movie, and we've got a great lineup for that one. So we'll see you then. (laughs) Bye. So I hope you enjoyed that episode of Film Views. Please send your questions to the Twitter account if you want to ask a question for the next topic. We release the topics every Friday. So if you want to check out what topic we're going to discuss, do check back on a Friday. Now, if you think you have what it takes to argue a point on Film Views, make your best argument for anything you heard today, any question, put it towards our Twitter account or our Facebook, and I'll have you won. And if you win, you'll win a prize. Now, please share it with your friends. Tell everyone about it because we want to make this one of the best podcasts out there. And we need your help to do so. So please share this with as many people as you can. Tell them, hey, this is awesome. Or, hey, this is kind of crap. I have a listen anyway. Do whatever you want. But please share this podcast. I've been Seizure Kaiser. See you next week. <laughs>